Testy, testy, test. Testy, testy, test. Cool. A testy pop. Testy pop? Do you know how to do a testy pop? No. It's when you're talking and then your voice drops into another decibel sort of thing. Like make my voice go deeper? It either goes deeper or higher. Like I remember I was playing football once and I was on the wing. Yeah. It's like when you're like going through puberty, it's a testy pop. Right. And I was on the wing and I was running up and the um, center was running and I'm like, pass the ball. My voice went really high. And the whole game stopped just to laugh at me because <laughs> my fucking voice cracked, you know? Anyway, um, hi. Uh, welcome to Movie Butts. This is, a, this is coming straight from the quarantine zone. We're in a bit of an ironic situation because we generally do this via satellite and uh, the one time we should be staying at home and uh, not interacting with people is the time that we happen to do this uh, live together. We've uh, met up. We performed our secret handshake where we cough directly into each other's mouths and then go and um spit on old people yeah i licked a couple of escalators before i came here just to prep uh this is the first time i've actually met dane so uh you know this is a this is an interesting experience to be in his uh natural habitat mm. um Feel so the vibe. this is a this is a podcast called movie bus where we, you know we do a bunch of math uh, to determine the best and worst of a certain topic in relation to films uh, we uh, calculate the Rotten Tomatoes audience and critic, the IMDb user rating, Metacritic, box office and budget. I basically put it into a spreadsheet and I average it out to see which one was the top performing and which was the bottom performing. And then we watch those and figure out why one worked and one didn't. Um, what was the very niche specific topic this week, Dane? Um, Rowdy Roddy Piper's leading roles. Yeah, and um, if you if you look at his leading roles, there was a, a weird pipe dream of a period, and that period was 1988, where for some reason he was the lead actor in two films, and then kind of dropped off the face of the planet when it came to being a leading man. Which one was first? Uh, well, I don't know which one was filmed first, but Frogtown came out first. Okay. So, I don't think that really reflects too much on what was produced first because i have a feeling they live probably took longer in post-production yeah um so he did do a bunch of other films later on in his career but they're like really cringy fan films if that makes sense yeah like really degrade things where like other wrestlers would appear um i picked this topic simply because i'm a huge wrestling mark and um don't get to talk about wrestling as, you know, actually I talk about wrestling all the fucking time, uh, non-stop. So I thought somehow integrating it into my, into our movie review thing would be a fun little thing. What films did we watch this week, Dane? Uh, we watched the classic They Live and um, Frog, Hell Comes to Frogtown. Hell Comes to Frogtown. Um, so They Live is a traditional cult classic you know what I mean? Yeah. It's got a cult following. It's made by a renowned filmmaker. It's got all the ingredients for the kind of film that's going to live on in the psyche of people forever, right? Yeah, it'll continue to be played at fucking drive through theaters as long as they exist. You know, late night screenings, that, that yeah. type of thing. It's gotten in, it's become that kind of phenomenon, I guess, you know? Yeah. Still bubbling under the surface. It's not like a rock, it's not like Rocky Horror level in terms of like cult appeal, but I think because of its biting satire and kind of kookiness, 
Um, it will thrive. The other film, Hell Comes to Frogtown, is like an actual cult film, if that makes sense. Like, not to the point of, like, entering the zeitgeist. It's something that B-film fans, I think, would quite enjoy. Yeah. But it's not... I have some thoughts on that. I won't go into it now, but... Mm, mm. Yeah. But it's it's not the kind of film... Cult status, and whether it's worthy. Well, there's a cult... There's a a few different definitions of cult, in my opinion. You know, there are things Mm. that are mainstream, but get the cult moniker. Like, again, Rocky Horror Picture Show is not a cult film to me. That has excessive mainstream appeal and it continues till this day to be played all over the planet. Um, I believe that that doesn't make it a cult film. I think, I can't remember who it was who said it, but like a cult is, um, is defined by not having enough to make a minority. Yeah. So at least the Rocky Horror Picture Show has enough to build a minority. You know? a, a minority a minority at least a minority like something like a like a cult has to be so small yeah that it can't even really be on the register in that in that term oh, okay yeah, you know? yeah i get what you to mean. get caught to, to, to attain cult status it has to have like a really diehard but niche small group of people you know yeah that it's kind of like oh there's there's just enough people for us to do something to appeal yeah. to them like, for me, the perfect kind of cult filmmaker would be, like, John Waters. Mm. He's a cult filmmaker. Like, his sort of stuff ha- is very niche. Yeah. And, um... It's like you got to fight to get those things released on Blu-ray. Totally. You know, yeah. people will... Like, Rocky Horror Picture Show is the type of movie that's sitting... That's staring you in the face when you walk into JB Hi-Fi. Totally. It's everywhere, you yeah. know? You can... The fact that I've seen it live on stage with Burt Newton... Uh, for you non-Australians, he's like a TV personality that everyone knows. Playing the narrator, it's kind of like mm, you're, yeah. you're a bit you're a bit beyond that. But um, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll kind of get into Hell Comes to Frogtown as uh, pr- quite soon. Um, we've got to start with the best. They live. Uh, wasn't financially the most successful, but it still did make a bit of money. Um, critics hated it to begin with. Really? So I, yeah. Like, I think I think it was because it was putting a mirror up to themselves. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, not, not, not like scathingly hatred, not like negative reviews, this is awful, fuck this shit sort of hate. Mm. But it's kind of like middling kind of response, if that makes sense. Um, but, of course, over time, because it's ahead of its time, I'd say, um, it's gotten a lot more renowned. You know, I think if that movie was made now, a similar thing would happen just because like the 80s, we're in an era where we're trying to pretend things are fine when they're clearly not. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of film that I think if it was made in the 70s, say, or the 90s, it probably would have got more respect initially. Um, so what's the uh, overall premise of They Live? Um, so Roddy Piper plays excuse me it's rowdy roddy piper so rowdy roddy piper plays um a dude where's he coming back from he's not a veteran is he i think he's just a drifter right okay and he's he's coming into a a city la yeah uh and um he's trying to get a job and he's like pretty much homeless that's okay just move the cat nah is desperate to sit on someone's lap 
Um, uh, anyway, and then he gets a job at a construction site, um, and then finds out that basically aliens have like parasitically invaded the human race and they're spreading uh, propaganda through whatever, however the fuck they're doing it through their own technology where our money, uh, all our media is basically sending subliminal brainwashing messages to um, convince us to basically live the way we're living now. Just uh, consume, um, work, obey. yeah, obey, work your shitty job, don't complain. Um, yeah, anyway, so it turns out that stuff is all run by aliens and Rowdy Roddy Piper discovers this and he goes on a mission to put an end to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's kind of like, it's about the lower middle class realizing that, um, that the upper class is basically not even the same kind and are kind of using and abusing and essentially can like eating at the soul of the, the working class man, as they say. Um, why do you think this film, because again, in, in terms of Roddy Piper films, it is the most successful, but I think it's more interesting to talk about why this film may not have been as renowned when it came out as it is now. Yeah. I mean, like, I think at the time, like it's the type of movie where it's subtext is sitting very obviously on the surface, Mm. like a fucking soup skin. Mm. Uh, maybe that was, I didn't look into it, but maybe that was a problem for some critics where it's like, you know, you're not even being subtle with this shit, Mm. uh, which is usually frowned upon. Um, I didn't care because it's, you know, just on the nose. Like, so what? Um, also it's fucking cheesy as hell. In a great way. Yeah. But in the best way possible. The performances um, are terrible, but again, not in a bad way where it's like, they're not supposed to be like it. He, he's performing like a wrestler does, you know, and, and everyone else is too. It's very campy and over the top. It's very much a, um, like, it's very much a John Carpenter thing anyway. I think the way he sets up a scene, Hmm. Um, doesn't lend itself to like a grandiose, you know, amazingly done performance. I don't think that's really what he's after with his films anyway. No. You know, like the the biggest star to ever come out of his canon is Kurt Russell. And Kurt Russell is a cheesy actor. What, I haven't seen anything that Kurt Russell's in where it's not a bit ham-fisted, you know? Yeah. So I think it kind of lends itself to his style. I could very much imagine Kurt Russell playing this character. Mm. I have a feeling it may have been for Kurt Russell. Yeah, I was thinking that too. You know, um, it's yeah. So I can under, I can definitely see critics not liking it, especially with most critics being, you know, you sort of, you know, liberal, s- snooty types mm. who they they want nuance mm. uh it's schlocky yeah they don't like schlock at all they don't like dialogue that doesn't make sense to them i could imagine 
them snapping their pencils when he says, what is he? What's the like, mama don't like no tattletales? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make any sense, really. It's such a weird thing for that character to say in the moment. And they feel like, like non-people. Yeah. That's another thing I know that critics love. They love movies that are trying to not be movies. They're trying to be like real life. They want like a simulation of something real. You can't get that with this sort of film though. No, this this movie uh, isn't at all trying. It's it's otherworldly yeah. in, in um, the shit that happens, but also like the, the two main characters, which is almost like um, you're, uh, almost like a buddy cop duo. Um, even the way they interact with each other is unrealistic. Mm. Um, how they just start fighting each other because he's trying to he's trying to put the glasses on him, and so they have a wrestling match in the alley. It's like a fifteen minute like fight scene in in the middle of the movie that's completely pointless, but I love every second of it. It's such a good fight scene. It just, it just doesn't stop. And like they, there are so many points where like, um, uh, what was it? Keith David's character wins and then starts walking off and then he just, Roddy Piper, sorry, Rowdy Roddy Piper just gets back up and starts chasing him again and just starts punching him in the gut. Yeah, it's just like, where is this? I remember the first time I'm like, where is this going? Like, is this, it's just an excuse to have a, I feel like it's like we have Roddy Piper in this film. We have to have him be like physical you know yeah how did it do financially it it, it did relatively well like i could it, see it doing well in the 80s it had like all the everything that was appealing in the 80s i think mm. if i remember correctly it was under 15 million and it was made for mm. and i think it made 30 to 50 i mm. think right so like it, it relatively successful for the budget but not like a runaway hit yeah you know, um, yeah, I, so you, you thought the performances were bad? Uh, look, no one's, no one's doing a, you know, method acting No. in this. The, the, the performances are, are good in the sense of what they're supposed to be. They're mm. meant to be campy. Yeah. Uh, and so everyone does a good job in that sense. I was just saying that I think critics at the time would consider the performances to be bad. Yeah. Because they're cheesy and, 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 and unrealistic. Mm. It's not how people speak. No. It's not, uh, it, yeah. Or well, particularly when it came to a lot of Rowdy Roddy Piper's dialogue, he, cause I don't know how much you know about him as a wrestler, but he's known as one of the best talkers in the history of wrestling. He can cut a promo better than anyone. Right. Um, and, you know, would get, would make, he was a really good bad guy and would make people hate him by the things he said, right? Mm -hmm. And apparently John Carpenter got him to bring his book, which is filled with unused promos that he was planning to use in the future. Right. So a lot of his dialogue comes from that book. So like the line about, I'm here to chew kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of bubble gum. Right. Is just out of his like promo book. Okay. Okay. So, and I think that kind of lends to the cheesiness of it. And yeah, I, I don't know. Like he has where he's lacking in acting ability. I think he, he has experience in, 
improvisation because that's a lot of what wrestling is. It's improvising mm-hmm. and presence. You yeah. can't say that he doesn't have a presence about him. He's incredibly you know? charismatic. Yeah, you look at him and you kind of want to. You, you don't. You don't go. Oh, who's this guy? I don't want to. I don't want to watch him. Yeah. Even if he's not necessarily setting the world on fire with his performance skills, hmm. you 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 want to watch him succeed. I don't know about you. No, but. he definitely he has like he's one of those guys you can tell has a, a huge personality because he's interesting to watch even when he's just. Um, sitting there mm. uh like when he does his first day of work on the on the building site and uh it just shows him s- sitting sitting by himself while everyone's walking past him and he's still just interesting to watch mm. in that mm. in that scene like in in that moment and yeah i think it's like he's a guy who really knows how to perform and always be in a performance mm. um and he's like a huge part of the reason why it's such an entertaining film. Mm. Um, so like, I do have to give his performance credit. What I mean is that, you know, like the film itself, it's lacking in nuance. It's very over the top. Yeah. It's very in your face with everything. And it's funny to read that a lot of people didn't get it when it came out. Yeah. That hurts my brain because because it is so overtly in your face. But I, I guess like when it comes to 80s cinema mm. and things that we call essentially 80s, this falls into that category. Would you say it's essentially 80s? Yeah, it's very um, 80s. I don't think they had that perspective on it when things were happening. I think in America, especially because it's, it's kind of like that film Starship Troopers. Yeah. Where, um, you know part of the trivia of that is nobody got it at the time but i remember watching it when that shit came out uh and i was watching it with my mom and i'm like nine and we got it Mm. so i think people in everywhere except the american bubble gets this shit and people would have got it at the time if they live outside of america Mm. but they're in such a strange like insular echo chamber Mm. that i can i can understand this going right through them i think i think when it comes to like tacky stuff things that are a little bit again not nuanced that might be where the issue comes in maybe because it because with starship troopers and with they live there's a bit of silliness and a bit of playfulness and kind of self-awareness that does lend itself to the sort of film could go in one of two ways. Mm. And clearly, um, if you don't necessarily know what you're getting yourself in for, maybe it could be a little um, confusing. I don't know. We're, 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 we're born with the benefit of hindsight, especially when it comes to films of that era. Yeah. And um, having the internet so we can, we are aware of someone's body of work. And, mm. you know, like if you look at, if you, if you, if you went into the cinema and you didn't know that it was made by the guy that made Robocop in terms, in, in relation to Starship Troopers, mm. I, I guess you could come out being like, what, huh? Yeah. But if you know, it's like, oh, it's Gore Verbinski. It's fucking, oh, not Gore Verbinski. What's his name? Shit. I can't remember. Uh Paul, no. Paul Verhoeven, yeah, Paul Verhoeven, um, then <laughs> Gore Verbinski, fucking hell. Um, German. German, yeah. Um, I think he's from the Netherlands, I think. 
know. Or it, it, it all has the same place in the throat. Yeah, totally. Um, <laughs> so if you know and like Robocop, then of course you're going to get Starship Troopers because it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, did you see, um, what about, um, do you think Roddy Roddy Piper was assassinated? What do you mean? Well, cause he tweeted, um, is this a thing? Yeah. He tweeted that they live as, he tweeted like in all caps, like they live as a fucking documentary. And then he died not long after that. Uh, I didn't know that. For the record, I don't buy into it. But I sort of do. So, so you, you found this online that people think he was assassinated. Uh, I assume that that's a conspiracy theory. But I've seen the tweet. Yeah, I nah. know the I know the timeline. He's a he's a very sad man. Like he he basically cried when he watched the movie The Wrestler and said it's his life. Oh, <laughs> I know because because like the thing is like particularly in his era, mental health was not a consideration when it came to sports in general, mm. let alone wrestling, who's, which is kind of the joke mm. when it comes to sports. They'll, their bodies would, they'd fuck their bodies up. I, like he had two hip replacements. Yeah. You know? Um, so he, and at the end of the day, they don't get any medical insurance. They don't get retirement. They don't get anything like that. Cause wrestlers are, um, contractors. They're contractors. They're yeah. sole, they're sole traders. But they're like under like a weird, stupid contract thing where they're exclusive, but they're not an employer. It's fucked up. Yeah. It's just a way of saving money. And in, in the spirit of they live, the working class should rise up and overthrow the skull-faced oligarchs. And I don't know, I had some point. I was going to bring this around, but I didn't think enough. But you get what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, the... I love the, just the look of this film. Like the thing is it's, it is very eighties in its, in its look, but the practical effects and the makeup and stuff is just next level fun. You know, there's something so aesthetically appealing about the makeup, like the, the skull face alien makeup, whatever it is. Um, the black and white looks really good. And I don't know if maybe I was, exposed to the you know when he's at the newspaper stand right uh-huh. and then um he puts the glasses on and then he sees the guy who's just giving him shit uh paying for his stuff and you just see the back of his head and you're looking in the black and white through his uh through his eyes and then he turns around and he's got the skull face and I don't know if maybe I'd just seen that shot so many times that it kind of became iconic in my mind. So it stands out, mm. but there's something that just is so appealing about that shot. It's so creepy and fun and fascinating. Mm. Uh, and it's filled with shit like that throughout the whole fucking movie. Mm. And I, this is such a terrible analysis. Cause I'm saying like, I don't understand why, but I think it's like with a lot of Carpenter's work, it's just simple things done exactly right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I, I think that's why it's so appealing. It just kind of sings to you like a perfectly struck chord. Mm. 
You know what I mean? I do, yeah. If if there was anything you would change about this film, what would it be? Mm, kind of drags a bit in the third act. Yeah. Where they're just like explaining what the aliens are doing. And that did feel a bit, um, you know, like the whole film is on the nose. Yeah. Which is basically... This movie is just uh, like a like a manufacturing consent, where it's just like um, rich people uh, control society behind the scenes, and they use privately owned media to send subliminal messages to uh, instill obedience into the uh, working class population. Uh, the whole film is kind of hammering this down your throat that, yeah. Sometimes I am a bit like, hey, maybe, like, you know, I care, but I get it. Let's move on. Like, the point, like, with the part when they're, like, in, you know, in the, um, the headquarters and the guy's just showing them around, being like, this is how they do it. Yeah, the, the scene where they finally catch up with the rest of the resistance yeah. and it's just exposition central until yeah. they get raided. I think it's unnecessary in in, in, in spirit of the film, mm. which is just a guy going around with a shotgun, mm. killing these cunts. And in terms of like the spirit of that character in the film, it wasn't necessary for him to just sit around and, and hear all this exposition, which I kind of felt like the writer was just being like, I'm trying to let people know, you know. Yeah, but we already, but the thing is, we already know by that point. We yeah, already know exactly. everything. Yeah. The, the only thing I got from that scene is that we realize that the girl is part of the resistance, or at least that's the only bit of information that's really added Yeah. in that scene is that, and just little exposition plot elements that are kind of just throw away throw away or you know things that could get discovered anyway you know i because what i really like about it is how uh it feels like what should happen in terms of how you know things are traditionally played out Mm -hmm. um is that he finds out right that this stuff is going on he gets the glasses uh and then what you'd expect is that he has to like take some time to figure out what's going on. And then he is sort of like hiding, you know, he doesn't want to let them know that they know. And then he finds someone else who knows. And she's like, Hey, you gotta, you know, be cool about this. If they find out they're going to kill you. And no, he finds out and he just starts and shouting then straight at them away. He starts yelling at them and calling them <laughs> ugly and he gets a gun and starts shooting. <laughs> but I like that. Yeah. I, like I love that. And that was like the pacing that I liked. And it felt in like in the third act, it started to slip away from that and became a much more, you know, mulled out version. If we had, if he had, if we as the audience got that kind of information near the beginning with the scene at the church, I would have been more fine with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's kind of still in that setup phase. And then we kind of just go on an action packed ride that we know is filled with subtext. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. It does kind of grind the film to a halt for about 10, 15 minutes. And it has to kind of pick up pace again. It's relatively short in that. What the, that scene? No, the the movie. The film. Yeah. It wasn't too long. I don't know. It's under, I'm pretty sure it's under an hour and a half. 
Yeah, so they probably had to put that in there to... Otherwise, the movie would be like 69 minutes. Mm. No, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I wouldn't care. Um, Any other thoughts you'd like to add about... They Live? They Live? Uh, Oh, no. It's a a heaps good movie. I've seen this um, several times now. Mm. Um, Yeah, and uh, it's great for the first 45 to 50 minutes... It's very exciting, and then it kind of lulls a bit. Um, it comes back at the end, though. But the ending is great. Mm. That that final shot with them, with the chick fucking the guy, I <laughs> love that so much. And I always forget that that's the ending of the movie, and then it happens, I'm like, yes, that's a great ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I really like it. It's It's got the... It's, it's schlocky, it's campy, it's got a wrestler in it. Um, visually it's very fun and awesome to look at Mm -hmm. and you can tell that there's a lot of care taken with it, but it's also got that other extra bit of social commentary that I think. Yeah. And if you're someone who's in a current state of mind of, um, you know, where things currently are at the moment with the U S elections and stuff, and you want to watch, uh, uh, a wrestler just blow away rich people then this is this is probably this the is, best this, film yeah this might satisfy you for a bit when talking about successful satire and political commentary we now need to turn to something that's maybe a little less successful at it mm. um hell comes to Frogtown. um this was made the exact same year as they live and also led by rowdy ruddy piper um yeah what's the uh What's the I, the plot to this isn't too hard. What's the what's the plot to this one? It's basically, um, it's basically a, a, a soft core porn parody of Mad Max meets um, Escape from New York. Okay, so what happens <laughs> is um, Rowdy Roddy Piper plays the. Sam Helton or something. Yeah, and, and what's his deal? Like, he's the most... He's the best fucky... He's the best fucker he's in the, the world. He's the most fertile man on the planet. He's the most fertile man on the planet. So, after, like, nuclear bombs went off... So, it's like a post-apocalyptic world. Um, somehow, the US government survived. Um, and now, they are controlling... I don't know, it's kind of vague... But anyway, he's the most fertile man in the world and they they capture him because they want to repopulate the planet. And uh, so they're like, you got to go into um, Frogtown and there's also frog mutants. So you got to go into, you got to go in Frogtown and you got to uh, fuck these women and uh, help repopulate the earth. And, uh, and then two women accompany him um, but then he's got to fight mutant frogs. How's that? I think that's that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you? What did you think of uh, Hell Comes to Frogtown? I think this movie sucks. It's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty, pretty bad. fucking shit. It's. Uh, I quite. I was actually kind of getting into it to begin with. At the start, yes, because it should be awesome. Yeah, you know, like the the beginning, the, even the title sequence, the the scenery is getting tortured and he's saved by the 
mm-hmm. the nurses and his dick is it's like fantastically fought. ridiculous. Yeah, and and I I think there are points through the film of fantastic ridiculous peppered through. Uh-huh. Um, I was enjoying it because watching it after they live, I was excited because there was that bit of. Uh, it's a bit on the nose and it's been done before like with Mad Max and stuff, but there's a bit of that social commentary there that I'm like, they could be getting at something here. And then it quickly just divulges into like borderline pornography at times. And it's just, I don't know, like a lot of the key elements in this I liked. I think some of the design is good. Mm -hmm. I think the, the casting is fine. I think the actors themselves are fine. Um, music I hated storyline again I didn't mind um, and, um, except for when it started getting really pornographic the thing for this film in my opinion is the direction is dog shit yeah the director is a hack yeah is an absolute fucking idiot because there are points where there's there's dialogue and I'm hearing it and the way it's delivered I'm like it's delivered well but it's delivered wrong mm-hmm and I was just kept having moments like that through the film where I was just frustrated because it was on, there were moments where it was on the precipice of being good, mm. um, quote in the air is good. Yeah. And the decision that was made was just the absolute opposite of what it should be. Yeah. It's, it should, because that's the thing is that it sounds like it's going to be a, a really fun watch. Mm. It's got a cool title because mm. his name is Sam Hell. Mm. And it's so hell comes to Frogtown, and I was excited when I found out that that existed. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of like gives you big trouble in Little China vibes, mm-hmm. um, and it should be funny as well. But it's not like he's kind of like in Escape from New York. He has um, uh, instead of like a, a thing on him, I forget what it is in Escape from New York, like a bracelet or a thing that they put in his. They neck. implanted in his neck. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, you can't escape because it will blow you up. But it's like metal underpants. Yeah, it's like a, it's cock dynamite. Yeah. what it was. It had nitroglycerin in it. And if he runs away, then his dick explodes. Yeah, so I guess Which is pornographic. I guess that's an attempt at humor. But that yeah. sounds like something that would be in a porn parody. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I hated this movie. Because I should like it, but it just has no character. It's, it's a fucking, it's a, it's a mannequin dressed up in a funny outfit. Mm. Something that kind of like, like would be really cool if again, like, I think I'm going to blame the director as well, Mm -hmm. because it's like, this should be incredibly entertaining, but it has no vision. Now, I don't know if the director... Uh, was someone that was hired to do this. Okay, it was his idea. Well, I'm pretty sure it was his idea. Well, I, I, I think it's his type of film, if that makes sense. It's in his realm of what he makes. If you look at his other body of work, yeah, but they're then all I really think, like, corny. Okay, so then I think the reason that he was making it is because around this time you had other weird shit like that coming out. So I, I see this just as... um like a cynical opportunity to cash in on people's taste for this like B grade mm. uh, cinema. And so it's He's just- C grade level though. I've looked him up. He's C grade. His stuff is like, like a Raptor on roller skates is one of his films, Raptor roller and shit like that. Yeah. So it's like, I don't think he actually 
enjoys that stuff, but is more like, I can see that there is an audience for this type of nonsense. Mm. So it's cynically, it's like contrived, mm. you know what mm. I mean? Like the whole film felt really contrived mm. and I like this type of shit. So that's why I was really excited and I felt insulted. I mm. felt pandered to, and I felt like the guy directing it doesn't actually like this type of uh, story mm. and doesn't actually like this, uh, the, the, the people who uh, would be an audience for this type yeah. of story. I, I actually disagree with you and I'm, I'm going to pitch to you what I think is the case here. Mm -hmm. I think he likes making trash. I think he likes making borderline pornography. Mm. I think what happened was, is that he somehow got a set of ingredients and that resulted in potentially studio interest in the project. Mm. So he's got Rowdy Roddy Piper, who potentially may have just come off shooting a John Carpenter film, just shooting, wasn't released yet, but shooting a John Carpenter film, which means that he has two levels of mainstream appeal. One with cinema fans because people fucking love john carpenter and two with wrestling fans yeah so boom you've already got a leading actor that already has mainstream appeal the actress is from conan the barbarian and she's in a bunch of movies like that as well mm -hmm. um and the story again is has that mad maxi vibe it has that post-apocalyptic thing that's going on yeah. so i have a feeling he wanted to make a porn or like make something super trashy yeah right but there are moments in the film where it gets into, it almost tries to be a bit more serious. Yeah. And for me, that's where it really does lose me. It's like trying to build the relationship between the two lead characters in a serious way. Mm -hmm. And I've just watched a fucking frog with three dicks just be like, you have woken the snakes, blah, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, I think it's almost the inverse of you. He wants to make trash but because he somehow was too good yeah. and lucked out, he's been forced to try and make something a bit more palatable, if but that makes then, sense. Like that's, yeah, but then that still doesn't explain to me why it has, why it feels stale. Because, I mean, you would think that at least half the film is going to be Sam Hell killing mutant frogs, going crazy. In, that shit doesn't happen until the end, and, no. and he barely does anything. Mm. He's most, most of it takes place on the road, them sitting in the car, having unfunny dialogue. I don't know what that was. Mm. Mm. Uh, building a love interest, I guess that's what that was. Yeah, it, trying to build the relationship and then between the two. And then they get to Frogtown and then again, they just sit and talk. Mm. There's no creativity whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. I, I don't know. I think maybe the project was just... I don't know. They, they had the raw concept. Because overall, the, if, if, if I told you mm. the premise to this... You would be interested, right? I was. I was very keen. I yeah. was so keen to what I was so keen to check this and out. And then, what if you heard if Rowdy Roddy Piper was the lead? Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, all right. I know here what I'm getting in for here. You yeah, know? and I had no idea what it was. Uh, and then when it started up, I was like, oh, this is more ridiculous than I thought. So I got super excited. Um, 
and then it just fucking grinds to a halt. It's so boring. When did it when did it dawn on you that it wasn't entertaining? It was about five minutes into them just driving along the road. Yeah, when they when they left, I was still into it. Mm. And when he ran away and he's like, ha I'll see you later, girls. I was still into it a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's when they both just tried to fuck him. Yeah. Oh, that was when I was rolling my eyes. Yeah. Like when, you know, she's like, it's my job to have sex with you, to keep you fertile and hard. And, and I'm like, oh, okay. And then, and then the other lesbian one was like watching from the sides and then she just strips and wants to have sex with him too. I'm just like. That, that was when I was like, this was meant to be, I think whoever wrote this, like wrote it as a porno. Yeah. And that somehow. That was just the most like porn parody scene, you know, like a, like a, like a, a a non-excuse to have a, have sex. Mm. It's like, uh, it's my job to fuck. I am fuck bot. Let's do it. And then just cut to chick being smashed. It's like. (laughs) It was that, and, yeah. and then, but it felt weird because I'm looking at Rowdy Roddy Piper. I just watched him in They Live. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? What? He's giving it his all. Yeah, no, he's not bad in this. I don't think he's it's actually it's all the direction. Good. Yeah. It's all the direction. Like that there was one line that stuck with me that was just so off. It was, um, it's when he thinks they're dead and they get back to him and she's like, where did you go? And he goes, he goes, I knew you'd miss me, but the way he delivers it was just wrong. Like I, I, he's meant to, he's meant to be like playful and charming and romantic. You know, I knew you'd miss me, but it just, the way he delivers it is good, but just wrong. Yep. And I'm just like, huh? Like, what am I meant to get from this? Like, like, are, are you serious? Or are you being playful? Like, what What do you want Yeah, here? the romance yeah. angle was incredibly forced. Yeah, it just didn't... I, I didn't buy it whatsoever, mm. you know? Um, what did you think of the practical stuff with the frogs? I was actually wondering if the reason there wasn't more um, creative action in it uh, was because the frog prosthetics turned out to be more expensive than they thought sure originally and it ate up all the budget because it's not bad no there's like the extra frogs that aren't great you can kind of tell that the reason (laughs) that you can't see their face and they're wearing helmets is so that they don't actually have to do frog prosthetics yeah but three of the frogs the girl looks fine the and then the two evil frogs Mm. um both look really cool it's up to par you know, uh, particularly the main villain. Uh, I, that, that's an, that, there, there are some things that I'd get annoyed with for a normal film. Mm. I'd nitpick and kind of point out, like the fact that this film has three villains, but doesn't really focus on any and you don't really know who the bad guy is. As soon as one comes in, they die and you're like, okay, now what? Yeah. That's something I'd usually nitpick with a, with a normal film, but... I don't know. This I is... would forgive all this stuff if, if, if ultimately it resulted in Rowdy Roddy Piper going around with the sawn off shotgun, blowing frogs' heads off. Yeah. Blown up mutant frogs and seeing like green fucking blood spraying everywhere. And then he says some cheesy one liner. Yeah. That does not happen. No. I uh, think there's only one bit where he shoots people. And yeah. that's when he just walks in and just shoots two of the guards. Yeah. And that's it. 
That is it. That is it. He gets, he gets, he's held captive by the, the scientist women. Then he goes to Frogtown and then he gets held captive by the other bat, one of the bad guy frogs. Yeah. And that's like a majority of it. That's the most of the film. Yeah. So most of the film is, um, so the front, front cover is Rowdy Roddy Piper holding a shotgun. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. And she's like princess layering yeah. his foot. And it's, and it's called hell comes to Frogtown, and hell has a double meaning. I don't yeah. know if you get, or it's supposed to, I'm oh, pretty sure. It's a clever name. Because his name is Sam Hell, yeah. and he's bringing hell to Frogtown. Oh, hell, yes! This is going to rule. No, he goes to Frogtown. He has a conversation with his friend. That yeah. means nothing. Almost he fucks a frog. Has a conversation with a frog. Flirts with a frog. Uh, gets captured by a frog and tortured. Um, by a frog. Yeah. And then he... Uh, gets free and then shoots a gun twice and then that's it. Yeah. Um, was there anything... That's the hell that he brought. So I think like there's actually no double meaning to hell comes to Frogtown. It's just because his name is Sam Hell. Yeah. You could call it um, Sam went to Frogtown and it would be, and that gives you more of an impression of exactly what it is because yeah. he Sam goes to Frogtown and has a conversation and has an awkward moment, but he, en- he ends up being okay in the end. If it, I would have been far less interested if I found the title was Sam went to Frogtown. Yeah, you know? but <laughs> it would but be it's more, more accurate. accurate. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, is there anything in particular you did like about the film or um, the? So he sets off with two women. Mm. One of them is, um, you know, he's co-star, basically mm. the love interest. She's rubbish. The, the other one, I thought she was quite good. She played um, a cool, tough character and I wanted to see more her, of her. More of her. Mm. Um, and I enjoyed her so much that I looked her up because I was, I was thinking... I want to see that character in her own film. Mm. It would have been nice to see maybe some um, separate scenes, you know, when it cuts away to her, maybe doing something else. She's going to go in and save them. She was just waiting by the car for them to run out. Yeah, just did nothing. Um, So I looked her up and I was like, well, I hope she does some of her own schlocky stuff because she was cool in this. And apparently... Uh, she was in a film, I forget what it was called, where she's like the main character in it. And, um, it's considered one of the worst movies ever made. And it was the only film that Red Letter Media turned off and refused to watch for the rest of her best of the worst episode. So I was like, okay, well maybe that. Maybe that's a, a, you know, a shining light in a bleak world. Yeah. But somehow I did, uh, I did enjoy her. And I like the premise and the title. Mm. It's That's got a good it. title. It's Great good title. title. I, I think it's like, again, it's like a, imagine, imagine a, a really bad chef is given like halloumi, a brioche bun, you know, like really nice tomatoes. And he's given all these ingredients and then just makes shit. Yeah. Just somehow fucks it up. Somehow he fucked it up. You know, how do you fuck up a burger? I, you it's know not what? hard. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of like he was given all those ingredients and then boiled them. 
Yeah, put put them in a stew. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you motherfucker, just, you're supposed to make a sandwich. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, anyway. Um, any other any other thoughts on uh, Sam? Sam comes to Frogtown. Sam wanders into Frogtown. Yeah, is the new name of that film. Uh, nah, like um, we'll say Rowdy Roddy Piper uh, gives a more um nuanced performance in this which means that he gives a pretty bad one uh i think he was used perfectly in they live yeah and he was not used well at all in this film Uh, i think he was trying because he wasn't given anything oh yeah you can definitely tell that he that like the, the directing the direction he was given was dog shit wrong you know um whereas with they live carpenter probably didn't really need to direct him much and just said, just be you. Yeah, knew exactly how to u- utilize you, you, him. You know who you are and the reason you're in this is because of who you are. Let's mm. work with that. Whereas with this, um, he probably didn't get that advice from the director or mm. at least didn't feel that or wasn't told you're in this because you've got mainstream appeal and you'll bring a cult audience to it. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to actually act his ass off yeah. and, um, to middling success. Again, I think he's fine in it, but, um, he's better than, he's better than he should be. Mm. He's straining to, yeah. to, to make this work. And yeah. I think that, uh, full props to him because mm. it just shows his, um, his commitment as a performer and a an, uh, consummate professional. Yeah. yeah. So the director is clearly the one to blame for this mess. Mm. Yeah. yeah um so what are you yeah i just want to say rest in peace roddy piper you know yeah. cool guy good um, dude fun dude died too young you know yeah it's like mid 50s pretty young best performance i've seen him in is he's in that have you seen that episode of uh always sunny in philadelphia no i don't watch that what's oh. that what does he He's in an episode of that. Is he good? Yeah. What does he do? He's great. He plays um he plays a wrestler in a like in like a local wrestling tournament. Mm. And he plays this he's a homeless wrestler, like lives in his car. It's great. You should check it out. Uh, if you don't even if you don't like that show, check out that episode, you'll like it. I'll watch it. Is is that the one where one of them becomes the trash man or yeah, something? Yeah, Danny DeVito's the-, the trash man. <laughs> <laughs> um so what are your uh what what a out of ten farts, how many farts would you give both these films? Um, they Live gets a a big big eight farts. Um, great all round, super fun movie. Uh, really kind of trails off in the third act for a bit, which is hard to overcome. And uh, Sam went to Frogtown gets three three farts i'm even being a bit generous there. you're being quite generous there um funnily enough i also give they live eight farts um it's got immense rewatch rewatch value design wise it's awesome it's trashy but also poignant you know it's got something to say but it says it in the way i like things being said which is just ham-fisted it's great um, but yeah, there are just some things that like, uh, it's like, th- there's like a, there's like a roof when it comes to that sort of entertainment, unless it's so fun and so 
batshit. Um, it could never break through that ceiling. So a film like this for me always has like a roof at about eight. Yeah. Um, unless of course it's like one of those movies that I need to, I feel the need to keep ingesting over and over again. Like a movie I'm going to keep mentioning until we watch it, which is Phantom of the Paradise, mm-hmm. um, where it just breaks through that ceiling. Um, Sam comes to, Sam wanders into Frogtown. I'm giving two, uh, two farts out of 10. Um, I like watching Rowdy Roddy Piper. He's trying. Some of the design elements are fine. The directing is some of the worst directing I've ever seen in my life. And as a result, made an an absolutely infuriating film. Uh, Quickly, there was one line of dialogue that made me laugh super fucking hard. And I just want to give it a shout out. Um, When they're talking about the women that they're trying to rescue and fuck, um, she asks, oh, why, why didn't they escape with you? And the lady responds, oh, yeah, they're pacifists. They believe that eventually the meek will take over the planet. (laughs) And that line did make me laugh quite a bit because it's quite funny. Anyway, um, that was my my prediction. That was my um, pick. Um, What are you what are you wanting to watch next week? What are we going to watch next week? Have we done James Cameron yet? No, we haven't done James Cameron yet. Okay, let's do James Cameron. So, do we want to break it up, or do you think we'll just figure it out from his entire body of work? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I was thinking, like, maybe the first part of his, but then... Does that mean we're going to watch Piranhas 2? He only made, like, uh, two, like one film in the last 20 years. So, it's he made Piranhas 2, he made The Abyss, Terminator, Aliens, True Lies... Titanic, Avatar. Yeah. So I reckon just... Yeah, if all we, seven of them, yeah. Yeah, because if we do like the second half of his career, it's just going to be Avatar. Avatar and... Titanic. And Titanic. Oh, yeah. Was there anything in between that? No, he went Titanic and then he made so much money from that that he just went and fucking... Wait, was True Lies after Titanic? No. True Lies was before Titanic. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, and Terminator 2. I can't remember Terminator can't forget Terminator 2. Do you know what's sad is that Terminator 2, which is arguably his best film, in my opinion, I mm-hmm. love Terminator 2, um, will mathematically not win simply because of box office. It's, it's going ha- to be Titanic or Avatar, and I think we have to accept that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this has been Movie Buds. Thanks for listening to us. See you on the flip side. Bye. <laughs>